So number one, ask for something, all right, coming from your heart, a place of conviction, something that, you know, is the anchor to your soul, the hope that is on the inside of you that is anchored to your soul, which means something God has placed. I mean, Satan, was he attacking in the first place? He's attacking that dream on the inside. He won't attack if there's nothing there, right? He's attacking something. He's the trial of your faith. In other words, there's something in you, there's a conviction that he wants to destroy, all right, through that particular thing. So pray according to that particular thing there. Don't keep it on the inside. Ask, all right, according to that dream, have that expansionist mindset, right? Which means the only way you make progress is by expanding. You don't defend, which means you attack, you attack, all right? So the battle is kept to his own field and he's not, all right, even on your own territory there, right? Then you back it up with praise and you understand that praise is what releases uh, the power of God into the situation, the actual power of God into that particular situation to bring about and to effect the change. That's the rod of his strength, all right? As you begin to rejoice, strength, right, starts coming out, all right? So don't murmur, don't complain, right? Go into that place of praise there uh, and thanksgiving unto God and his strength. Put on the garment of praise and face it with praise there. Then number three, all right, and this is, okay, we're gone. This is very powerful. Then place the word of God before you, which means while you are in this process here, place the word of God before you and let God guide you onto what you will do next and every step of the way through the reading of the word of God. Let him begin to guide you all right, one step after another. Now, that's why I read Hebrews chapter 10 there, put up from verse 15, all right, or from verse 14, all right? Let's put verse, verse 13. Okay, let's start from 13. Let's read again that. Henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. And then he goes on, for by one offering he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. And then the next verse, wherefore, whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us for after that he had said before, he says this, this is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, said the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them. Now, he got this, or he was quoting again, Hebrews chapter 10, and sorry, Hebrews chapter 8. Um, I'm just looking for the verse. Hebrews chapter 8 and verse... Um, Hebrews 8, I think verse 10, the last few verses, uh, okay, all right, so if we start from verse, verse 8, it says, for finding fault with them, he saith, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant, all right, with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant, verse 9, that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt because they continued not in my covenant. So God said, I took them by the hand, took them by the hand to lead them. So God takes you by the hand to lead you to the very place you have prayed, that bigger place. He takes you by the hand to lead you 
It says, because they continued not in my covenant. In other words, they removed their hand out of my hand and said, we are no longer following your leadership. And they turned back. It says, and I regarded them not, said the Lord. But it says in verse 10, all right, for this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, said the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind. So now God says, I'll take you by the hand. And then you'll get into the places where they got to and they said, nah, and remove their hands. And what I will do, all right, during that time is that I will now put my laws in your mind and I will write them in your heart. So I will start writing my laws. And I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And then it says the next verse, And they shall not need, they shall not teach every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. Which means, as they come into those places, and I begin to write my laws into their hearts, every single person that goes through that process will know me, will have a personal encounter with me, will have the knowledge of God. You can't take it away from them. It's written on the inside. It's not what they were told. It's what I wrote, my laws, on the inside that I inscribed within their consciousness. As I was teaching them, as they got to places, I wrote the laws of those places to them. They understood the laws implemented, wrote the laws there. All right? So as you are moving there, now you're praising God. God says, yes, the warfare has started it says, now, there is something, all right, I also need you to do, right? I will have to guide you and lead you to this particular place. So if you put up Psalm 18 from verse 19 in the Passion Translation, Psalm 18 from verse 19, all right? Okay, no, let's go to from verse, from verse, verse 18. When I was at my weakest, my enemies attacked, but the Lord held on to me. Now, verse 19. His love broke open the way. He brought me into a beautiful, broad place. He rescued me because he delights in me. Now, verse 20. He rewarded me for doing what's right and staying pure. And then he goes on and says, I will follow his command. And never stop. I'll not sin by ceasing to follow him no matter what. Verse 22. For I've kept my eyes focused on his righteous words. And I've obeyed everything that he told me to do. Alright? Verse 23. And it says, I've done my best to be blameless and to follow all his ways and to keep my heart pure. So he says this, all right, I placed the word before me, and what happened was I started following his ways, all right? Whatever he tells me to do, right, I did it. And, and this is where people now, right, because this is where the transformation now begins, okay? We've got the principle, you ask, you start, all right, praising God. Now, people believe it should be magical, which means that the next, once I praise God, right, then the next thing is I must get to manifestation. Now, we've said this in the past, if you're a young Christian, you praise God that way, God wants to show you power, and you get manifestation, but he says, all right, now, now you know that I'm real. Now you know that, you know, I'm, I'm real. Now I can now teach you and take you through the process. 
Okay? So, Paul got into jail first time. He prayed and praised at midnight everywhere shook. He came out. You think the next time he got into jail, he didn't pray and praise? Nothing shook. Are you following what I'm saying? But God was right there. His praise produced exactly the same thing. So God says, now I want to lead you. I, I want to start writing my laws. I, I want to guide you now. Now, place my word before you. And anything that happens, I will tell you from my word what you should do in response to that particular thing. He said, that's how you're going to get there. Place my word. Keep my righteous words before your eyes. All right? You're rejoicing. Keep the Bible there. Anything I say to you in the Bible, right? Right? Anything I speak to say to you, do what I have said, and that is the way you'll get there. Right? Because you've praised, uh, we might think, well, you know, I praise God, they've taught us praise now. So what this means is, when I just get back, I'll just praise God for 30 minutes after I praise God for 30 minutes, every single thing, all right, will just change the next day. And so the next day, all right, you were expecting that everything would change. You said, no. He said, after shortly, after a little while, I will bruise Satan under your feet. There is a period in time, but there's something I'm doing. All right, I will strengthen you. I will bring him under. But there is something, the transformatory work, the knowledge of God you are going to come into. Don't be like the Jews that sank, the horse and rider fell into the sea, then got to the place where uh, something happened. Remember, when you push the enemy to understand, he fights back. So things begin to happen. And, and your life is in the hands of God. So place his word before you and obey every instruction. Uh, put up Psalm, Psalm 32, all right, in the Passion Translation from verse 7. Psalm 32. He said, now, we read the scripture, Lord, you are my secret hiding place, protecting me from all these troubles, surrounding me with songs of gladness. Your joyous shouts of rescue release my breakthrough. Well, he didn't stop there. Next verse. He says, I hear the Lord say, I will stay close to you which is how many people miss it, instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. So don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn when I take you where you have not been before. Don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. You are going into a new experience. You must understand you're going to go through a different way. If we decide to take you now to a place you have never been, right, that means you're going to go through pathways you have never experienced. And probably you're in the car, you're looking out of the window, you mean this how it is, and you know the journey is different. You see unusual things. He said that's how it's going to be. You are praising me, the journey has started. Get this. It says, but place my word. I will guide you. I will teach you. I will write my laws inside your heart. You are going to discover things. And during the minister's conference, you know, Mr. Lekota said something. And, and I've always believed that if you're in any industry, listen to the outsider. Okay? Listen to the person who is not immersed in, 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 in that particular sector, which means... Someone that comes from the outside and just has and walks into the place and, and looks at it and says, oh, why, why do I know to do it this way? 
All right? Because it's like, like I remember once I was in America, I was watching this, and there was this rapper, all right? This was a rapper now, and he came on television and, and on in one of those night shows, those big night shows, and there was this lady who was in, you know, Hollywood, an established star. She was about two years old, and she was on the show, and this rapper came in with the chains and everything, and he sat down, and, you know, they were asking him questions, and he said, well, he's trying to get, you know, you know, breakthrough. I think what happened was that their soundtrack was used in a film, and they won an, an Oscar or something for it, all right? And, and so, for the soundtrack, and so they came and said, let's see. And the woman looked at them and said, have you ever thought about changing the way you look? Why don't you wear a suit, all right? Just wear a suit, all right? People will take you more seriously. And I was like, what are you talking about? You know, we're from the hood. We don't wear suits. But now they are wearing suits. Uh, are you following me? Yeah? Because if you're going to do business, now they're getting into the business. They are leaving the show and not understanding show business. The show is the hood. The business is the suit. All right? So you can go on the stage and do this, but when you want to have the business deal, people will not trust you with money if you don't look the way and don't look the part. All right? So an outsider comes in, all right, and just says something, and it can be, and, you know, he got there and said, look, and he said, look, you know, he was talking about the more of God Pentecostal. And, and he said, you know, we've, we've taught faith this and we've taught Hebrews 11.1 and all of that. He said, but we stopped at Hebrews 11.1 and taught faith is the substance of things over and over things not seen. And, you know, people are believing God for things. He said, but if you read the whole book of 11 there, it describes more than any other thing the difficulties these people went through. And that if anybody can move that faith teaching to capture that, uh, so what he's talking about, and that's what really the substance of that book is about. They were torn asunder, they were in caves, but those people put their trust in God and still listened to God uh, and still obeyed God, all right? So God is taking you to a new place. He reworks and remodels your life. In the middle of the journey of an oppression, if you go into an oppression, in the middle of the oppression, it looks like murder, right? Because person is cotton blood everywhere. Yes, after everybody's shown up and the thing, everything comes right, people say that you are good. If you are renovating a building, I mean, I've had two landlords in the past come to see me while I was renovating. They almost had a cardiac arrest. All right? They said, why are you destroying our house? In fact, fortunately, one came in was a woman. Right? First apartment I got in, they got a second apartment, and the pipe had burst while we were trying to do everything. And, you know, there was water everywhere. She came in. She almost, in fact, she called her lawyer that, listen, come and charge this tenant, all right? But then at the end of it, she looked at the beauty and said, wow, ah, you invested so much in somebody else's house. Then the thought comes that maybe you want to claim the house. Are you, you understand what I'm saying? So, uh, you, first of all, you are destroying the house. Now, why are you investing so much? So with God, in the middle of the journey, it looks like chaos. But if you allow him, that's why Job said, though he slay me, Job 13, 15, he said, yet will I trust him. Remember the last part of warfare is they love not their lives unto death, which means they are obedient, as the Bible says, even the death of the cross. So God asks you to do something that means death to what is called self-life. He said, place the book. That's the manual. That's the guide to where you have prayed. Place it there. Anything that happens, look at what the book says. Do what the book says. It might be obedience to death, which means you don't, your feeling, all right, has been grieved by it, all right? You, you, you don't want to apologize. You, you know, pride comes in and says, do what the book says. 
do what the book says, all right? So when Bishop Keith Butler talked about the fact that how he had a car, the assistant pastor went with most of the church members and he said God spoke to him, go and raise. Now, it wasn't that God just spoke to him and he heard a voice. No, we hear that and everybody says, oh, no, I've never heard a voice. What he did was that he was reading the Bible and then you get to the place in the Bible that says, love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. Bless them that curse you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. You look at it again. Did Jesus mean someone that used me? He says yes. Jesus said, I didn't just say use. I said, despitefully used you. Now, so now that you're about to pray, I need you to pray for this person. This is the way to that great dream you're afraid. Are you following what I'm saying here? This is the way. Bless them that curse you. All right? Now, you look at it and say, but no, I must curse my enemies. Now, you say David cursed his enemies. Now, I study, you know, that's why you need to study theology properly. And I said, when David cursed his enemies, he was doing it in the position as king, not on a personal note. In other words, what does this mean? If you are a judge and you attend this church, let's just say you are a judge, that God forbid, and somebody in this church commits a crime, and the law says he's to go to jail for two years. And you saw him in service this morning. And the, ju the judgment will be given tomorrow. And the person helped you to sit properly. When you get to judgment, you shall judge according to the law. And say you will be sentenced in two weeks. Come for your sentence in two weeks. Then you see him in church and act according to brethren and hug the person. But you act as a judge. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Are you, are you following what I'm saying here? You say, but I brought in the seats. That's not, that is, office is different from personal. Personal now, you can hug the person and say, you know, God bless you, you know, and you can appeal their things you can do, but tomorrow you are going for 12 years. That is it. And that cannot change. You say, but you're a brother. Brother in Christ means that According to the word of God, this is your judgment. Now, if you change that judgment, then you are unjust and you have sown a seed that will come back to you. So you've got to judge according to what the law says there. All right? So you can't say a police officer is your church member. Therefore, you shouldn't arrest you. He will arrest you. And when he has finished the law and locked you up, then he can witness to you and share the word of God with you while you are in the cell and say, you know, the Bible says the following things, all right? Pray, you know what pastor was saying, rejoice, but he's the one, all right? All right, so when it was personal, for example, number one was personal, the wife said, don't go and do something as a on a personal note, and David said it would be wrong. But operating in an office, all right, is different, all right, from that. So what you do there is you place, right, the word of God before you, and it says, obey. All right, every single thing that I suggest and I say to you. So stay in the place of praise and prayer. Then keep the word of God before you. And I guarantee you anything you meet on the journey, on your way there, the word of God will suggest something to do. Handle it the way the word says you should handle it. Not the way you feel. That means you love not your life unto death. That means you've carried the cross. So do what the word says you should do. All right, you meet with something, the word says do this. 
acts in this way. This is how he says to victory. He says, and I will guide you. Then I will write my laws, all right, inside your heart, okay? I will write them in your mind there. So the word of God suggests something to you, okay? I, 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 mean, I mean, Pastor B. Johnson spoke about how he started life, or one of the most powerful stories I've ever had in my life, in terms of the principle behind it, how close we are, all right, to God, all right, and you simply can miss him. And he talked about the fact that, you know, uh, the house help. That's how they started life, which is one of the best schools in Nigeria today, all right, and does international exams. People come from different, I mean, I've met somebody in England who is a manager who sent his child to Nigeria, says, I want to get the discipline, all right, and people send their children to America. I mean, I've been flying from somewhere in, in Nigeria, and the, half of the flight was packed with life students, all right, and this was wealthy people that were doing this here. So, and he said, how did it start, right? And, and I, that very powerful principle, and he said, the house help had been faithful and loyal to them, and they decided, okay, let's reward you, all right? Will you start, we can buy you a sewing machine, and then you can start sewing clothes and start a business. And she said, look, that's not for me, all right? That's why you, you read the Bible, uh, you know, some people treat their children in a certain way and treat the nannies in a certain way. Now, let's even leave Christianity. It is stupid. It is stupid for you to be, to be physically abusing people that will take care of your children. You are stupid. You hear what I said? Now, let me tell you why. I think somebody has said it before, when preached in, I mean, he's a medical doctor. He's a pediatrician, Oshina, I think. He said there was a case where the children were infected with HIV. And when they went to trace it, they found out that the nanny had it and said because of the way she had been treated, she decided to infect those children with it. Listen, there was a research that was done in America once in a massive supermarket. This is why I said God writes laws. He teaches you things on the way. And they said people find it difficult to steal from people who are very nice to them. And they just found that. So in this shop, when you're coming in, they have greeters. It's not because they like the people, but because if they treat you very nicely, you know when you enter the shop, it's not like a bad person who still still know, but at least someone that's conscious is saying, let's leave this once. Let's go to the next shop where these people behave in this particular way. All right? There's that. So God begins to teach you certain things. That's why he says, and changes your heart from one of stone to flesh and writes his laws there. And so, so what happened? He said, next thing with this nanny, uh, some people had similar issues of taking care of children. So the wife just said, why don't we start a daycare center? And said, okay, can you handle a daycare center? I said, what does that mean? Ah, I said, all right, I'll do that. And it was that daycare center that eventually became, all right, the life for school. Right before them, right inside their house, they simply, the way and manner they were handling, all right, the nanny brought about that massive business that is doing several things. Everything they're doing today on the earth is coming out, all right? He said even that business is the greatest contributor to their ministry, all right, today on the earth came out of that particular thing. So God will write laws. And then he says, your sins and iniquity will I remember no more. In other words, when I show you things and you realize you've done something wrong, just agree, confess those things in it and say, Father, forgive me. I missed it here. He says, your sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Continue on my pathway. Don't carry the guilt, which means you get there, so you are praising God for something. Somebody's misbehaving in the office. 
all right? Don't just act according to your feelings. Open the Bible. How do I treat this particular person? All right? They prayed and fasted. They said, why have we cried unto you and you have not heard? He says, you're hiding yourself, all right, from your own flesh. What that means is the way you are treating members of your own family is not right. All right? So you can get to that scripture and then, all right, God, okay, puts that out there. So God places the word before you and things happen and obey what the word says to everything, which means respond according to the word to everything. All right? If somebody says to you, does something, look at what the word of God says. He says from that point, let me write my laws in your mind. Let me put them inside your heart. And he says, that is where Israel failed. They got to that point when there was no water, they should have opened the book and said, what do we do at this particular point in time? When they got to the place of bitterness and they got bitter about something, what do you do to this at this particular point in time? If your spouse treats, treats you in a certain way, what do you do? Open the Bible and say, how do I respond to this particular thing? If your boss treats you in a certain way, open the Bible, how do I respond? He said, that's how you're going to get victory. Alright? Your nanny says she's leaving from this particular point in time. Don't just say go, open the book and say, God, what is the right way to release this particular person? He says, start acting on what my God suggests to you as your friends from there. He said, I will guide you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. By the power of your spirit, I ask that you will establish us in this truth and cause it to grow and spring forth in our hearts, individually and collectively. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you.